Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ladies, anyway. Janet's at the freaking urgent care. She's upset that I hit her over the head? She's upset that you hit her on the head. It's okay. Did I not call it? Yeah, you called it. Because, yes, you cannot write this Do I think she's being overdramatic for the situation? Yes. Do I think you shouldn't have hit her in the head? Yes. It was a little light tap. It was a love tap. Actually, I knocked some sense into that bitch. I barely hit her on the head. The only thing I can go off of, Kelly, is she's here I saying she's, hit her she's on the crying. Head. Do you want to hit you on the head? She's I'll hit you on the head. Hello. Welcome to Everything Iconic. I'm Danny Pellegrino. This is our third episode this week. If you haven't listened to the other episodes, I encourage you all to go do that. We had Kate Chastain earlier in the week, of course, from Below Deck. It was fantastic chatting with her. And then also, I did an episode with the two women behind Comments by Celebs. So if you guys follow that Instagram account, Comments by Celebs, They also run the Instagram account Comments by Bravo, Comments by Bachelor, Comments by Athletes. We had a great discussion about Celebrity Instagram. It's truly one of my favorite chats that I've done. So I I hope everyone listens to it because I thought it was great. And now here we are ready to talk about The Real Houses of Orange County. I have very mixed feelings about this episode as a whole. I think it was fantastic. And I also think it was very shrieky. (laughs) I don't know if you guys are feeling that way too with The Real Houses of Orange County. It seems like the decibel level is like very high. It's just like a lot of women shrieking. And I loved the episode. So that's no shade on them. And I think this season is actually really great. But this episode in particular, I really noticed my ears bleeding, really. And look, I don't have a perfect voice. But it seemed like there's a lot of screaming going on. It used to just be Shannon, you know, like, and then now I feel like this episode was a lot of Kelly Dodd yelling. And we talked about this a few weeks back, but Bronwyn's laugh is very aggressive. It's very, <laughs> it's very intense. And it seems fake to me. It's like, <laughs> it sounds like a bold ass woodpecker is what it sounds like. It's just a very intense laugh and it feels fake to me. And look, I want to tell you guys a story. I used to do a fake laugh and I'm not proud of it, but. Let's take a little detour. When I was younger, I was in high school and college, and I remember I knew I was gay, but I wasn't quite out of the closet. And I think a lot of LGBT people maybe go through something similar with their voice, where it's like you're very self-conscious of your voice. And at the time, I thought I wasn't sounding masculine enough, which is a ridiculous thing in retrospect. But at the time, that's what I believed. And you guys hear my laugh on this show all the time. I laugh at my own jokes all the time. And I do have a little bit of a giggle. And back then, it was a little bit, maybe even more of a giggle, of course, because I was younger and my voice hadn't quite uh, formed. But I remember hearing one of my brother's friends say that straight guys, or or gay guys, they laugh with a he-he-he, and straight guys laugh with a (laughs) ha-ha-ha. This is a ridiculous thing to say, but I just remember overhearing it, and then I got so self-conscious about it. So then all I could think about, every time that I laughed was, am I doing a he-he-he or am I doing a ha-ha-ha? 
again, so ridiculous. But I remember I would overcompensate in college and stuff like that. And so every time I'd I'd start to have a normal laugh and then I'd be like, oh, ha, 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 ha. I would try to overcompensate with like, oh, ha, 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 And it was like, it sounds like a fake laugh, right? Like, and it was a fake laugh. It wasn't my real emotion when I found something funny. And I almost feel like that's what Bronwyn's doing. It's like a very aggressive, ha, ha, ha. Hers is more of a little bit of a, ha, ha, I hope you all escorted the dogs out of the room before you put this podcast on. But I used to do that, this fake laugh, and then people would just look at me like, what the fuck is Danny, that sound coming out of his mouth? Why does he sound like a fucking dolphin? Because I would, somebody would make a joke. And I'll never forget, I was outside of my parents' house talking to like our neighbors, and the dad, one of the neighbor dads, he made like a stupid dad joke. He was looking at some of the ants on the sidewalk, and he goes, there's the ants. And then I go, ha yeah. And then he goes, but where's the uncles? And he looked at me like waiting for me to laugh. And I just go, oh, 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 ha-ha-ha-ha. <laughs> and everyone that was in this, it was like my mom, my dad, my brother, everyone looked at me like, well, what the fuck, Danny? What the fuck was that? And I couldn't help it. That's what I thought sounded masculine. So stupid. I mean, toxic masculinity at its finest right there. I was like convinced that that sounded masculine or something. And it's like, who the fuck cares? Laugh however the fuck you want to laugh. However God makes you laugh, that's how you should laugh. But yeah, I think I think talking to other LGBT friends, I think a lot of people go through similar things. It's like, you're so self-conscious those years where you're closeted. And so you're afraid to really laugh how you naturally laugh. And I don't know. That's what Bronwyn's laugh reminded me of. And I, it, maybe it's her exact regular laugh. And for that, I applaud. You know, everyone has different laughs, and that's a great thing. And we shall celebrate our differences and, and laugh how we feel like laughing. But um, it definitely reminded me of college. I mean, I spent four years in college just laughing like that. Like, oh, <laughs> And I'm like, every time I'd fucking do it, I'd be like, is that a ha ha or a he he? You know, I was trying for a ha-ha. And, um, yeah, and then I was also running around with one of those cell phone belt clips on my belt. I talked to you guys about that. You know how you could, <laughs> in the early aughts, you could clip your cell phone onto your belt loop? I used to do that, and I'm not proud of it. But that's neither here nor there. The point is, uh, this episode of The Real House of Orange County seemed like a lot of shrieking to me. A lot of shrieking. And we open on Shannon at the doctor. And speaking of she- shrieking, Shannon... She needs to know the severity. She's like, I need to know the severity of this concussion. And I was already rolling my eyes because this whole thing with the concussion was just so ridiculous to me. I mean, Kelly did hit her on the head and maybe she shouldn't have hit her on the head, but she was fine. Shannon was fine. She was fine. And then they're showing us the footage of Shannon at the doctor's office with Tamara. And the receptionist comes and asks if they want to press charges. But I don't know if you guys thought this. I felt like... That receptionist voice was the receptionist voice was someone in editing. Like I don't think that was someone from the doctor's office because it sounded like a different detached voice. I swear it was ADR or just an editor or a producer who just looped their voice in and was like, "Do you want to press charges?" Because it sounded like it was from a different scene. It didn't even seem like it was from the housewives. It was just like a totally different voice coming into the scene asking if Shannon wanted to press charges on Kelly. It was totally fake to me. I thought. Meanwhile, Gina's back at the uh, resort, and she's getting some rocks from a healer. And I was happy for her. I want Gina to get all the healing she can get. And as she's getting the rocks, 
She's getting the rocks. What a stupid thing to say. Anyway, as she's getting the rocks, Emily and Kelly and Bronwyn come over from their resort and they come and visit Gina. And Kelly is like on another level this whole episode and I loved it. She goes into this resort and she said, Why are you with the old ladies? <laughs> right off the bat. Right off the bat, her and Gina just get into it. And look, Gina did seem like she was judging Kelly. She's like, you shouldn't have done that to Shannon, blah, blah, blah. And I would lose it on Gina if Gina was judging me in any sort of way. You know, and I'm saying that as someone who wants the best for Gina. I want only good things for her. I want us to support her, and I want her to get out of the slump she's in. But if I was in any situation where Gina was giving me any sort of judgment, any sort of side-eye, any sort of anything, I would too lose it on Gina. And that's why Kelly did this episode quite a bit, because. It's like Gina's life is a mess, and we want her to not be a mess. But when somebody's life is at like that big of a mess, and they say anything about your life, it's not okay. I would lose it. I would be exactly like Kelly. I'd be like, nope. And then Kelly maybe took it one step too far and hit Gina on the head. <laughs> Come on. Come on. This show is great. How could you not say this season is great? Kelly just knocked her on the head. And the Miraval people, the people at this resort, who were just there ready to serve cocktails and food. They were just laughing. They were just enjoying the show. Did you see there were two chefs? There were two women over by the drink station. And they were just enjoying it the way that we all would. The way that we all would if we were working at Miraval or whatever the fuck the name of this place was. We would be laughing up a storm. And I just thought, you know what? I'm so happy for these people. They deserve it. They deserve it. They're serving drinks and serving food, and at least they get a little bit of a show from these women. But Kelly says he ba- she barely hit Gina over the head, and Gina says, you cross lines. And Kelly says, you cross lines. And then Gina says, you're out of control. And then Kelly says back to her, you're out of control. And they just keep repeating each other. And it was just so funny. It was like everything they said to each other, they just repeated. And then Gina said that Kelly embarrasses herself. And of course, then Kelly says, which is definitely below the belt, Kelly says, at least I don't get DUIs. And again, below the belt, but I would have been the same way if someone like Gina was judging me and telling me that I embarrass myself. I'd be like, well, I fucking embarrass myself. What the fuck? If I'm embarrassing myself, what the fuck are you doing? I mean, come on. Those chefs too, by the way, were really hot. They were hot. Those two male chefs. There was one that was really extra good looking. I was very focused on him. And I thought, you know what? That's a chef. That's a chef. And that's what I want when I go to one of those resorts. I've never been to Miraval or wherever this is. But if I were to go to a wellness retreat, I would want hot men serving me. I would want them all. Every corner of the resort, I'd want a hot man. And so I was happy to see some hot chefs. Very happy to see it. Then Kelly said that Gina is not accomplished. And Gina says, I'm not an accomplished woman. As if it's a surprise. And I thought, Gina, (laughs) we need to get get Gina both out of this mess and we need to get her a mirror because I don't think she understands that she's maybe not an accomplished woman. Yes, of course she has kids and that's something that we should all applaud. Motherhood is the most important job in the world. But in terms of like the word accomplished, I mean, you know what? Motherhood is an accomplishment, so I shouldn't even judge. I shouldn't. It's the best job in the whole world. But uh, it was just funny to me. Like Gina's like, I'm not an accomplished woman. And then meanwhile, Emily and Bronwyn couldn't even stick up for Gina because they're like, well, you're kind of a mess. <laughs> Your life is kind of a fucking mess. And Kelly's like, well, I've owned 10 homes and had a millions of dollars. And you can't uh, pay your bills and you get DUIs. In the whole fight, I'm sorry, it was 
I was laughing. I don't know what it was. It was striking me as funny. I had the giggles. I got a giggle fit while I was watching it. I was hee hee heeing the whole time. <laughs> I thought it was just so funny. So funny. I love that Bronwyn and Emily couldn't say anything. They couldn't get in the mix. What are they going to say? You're wrong, Kelly. Gina's got her shit together. <laughs> they can't say that. Even Bronwyn, who at this point hasn't really you know, gotten into much of the drama, but she even said that Gina's like the little sister. And that made me laugh, you guys. When Bronwyn said, you're like our little sister. <laughs> oh, God. That was so good. That was a moment. That was a ha-ha-hee-hee moment. It really was. She was right. And then Gina got pissed. She's like, I'm leaving. I'm leaving. She stormed out of that room. And then the editors, those brilliant, beautiful Bravo editors, put the timestamp on the screen and said four and a half hours into their vacation. <laughs> I thought, we're getting high comedy this episode. High comedy. So Gina cries. Emily goes to the room to see Gina. And they cry to each other. They get into uh, their relationship. And I thought about Emily and how she's an attorney. I thought, why didn't Emily represent Gina? Why? I mean, maybe she just didn't want to get involved in Gina's mess. But I, I hadn't thought that until this scene. I thought, why isn't Emily legally helping out Gina? And I wonder if that's part of the reason for the disconnect in their relationship. I don't know. Anyway, Kelly, meanwhile, is just talking to Bronwyn, and she's like, these girls are fucking nuts. We're at a wellness retreat. <laughs> I love Kelly's sailor mouth. I love Kelly's sailor mouth. I do. I love anyone who has got a sailor mouth. I like when people use the F words, the shits, the all of it. Especially like a, an older woman. There's nothing I like more. Nothing I like more. One of my favorite performances of all time, and this isn't an older woman, but one of my favorite all-time performances is Marissa Tomei, Queen Icon Legend, in the movie My Cousin Vinny. And the way she delivers the foul language is just perfection. Perfection. Her monologue about the deer. I, you guys, if you haven't seen Mike and Vinny, you need to go immediately watch it. It's a fantastic movie. But there's a monologue that Chris, uh, that Marissa Tomei gives about a deer and Vinny's pants. And it's just flawless. Chef's kiss. But the way that Marissa Tomei is able to deliver an F-bomb, I mean, ugh, I love it. And you know what? Kelly Dodd, right, on, right up there. <laughs> and Kelly Dodd says the word fuck. It's right on up there. Truly love it. Anyway, Gina Gina leaves with her luggage. She says, my kids want me to go home. I'm going to go home. Meanwhile, Shannon's getting into the van, and we're forced to watch Shannon and Tamara come back to the thing. And here's the thing I just learned right before recording, that Tamara, I believe, blocked me on Instagram. And I don't even think I said anything that bad about Tamara, have I? I mean, I think by and large, like, I'm pretty innocent with these. Maybe I say something a little shady every once in a while, but I was shocked to know that Tamara blocked me. I didn't know I said anything that bad about about Tamara. Very surprised about it. So I don't know, maybe she went on a blocking spree, or maybe I was wrong. Maybe she took down her account or something. But uh, somebody else that I follow had posted that Tamara blocked him. And so I clicked on it. And when I clicked on Tamara's name, it said, user not available. And (laughs) can't say that didn't hurt. Uh, but I think it was my first housewife blocking. I'm not sure. We don't know. But I definitely know that it was the first one that I've noticed. And I don't really feel um, like I'm missing anything. I'm not missing a lot of Tamra content. I didn't even follow her anyway, so it's fine. And it's her right to block me. So that's the thought on that. But anyway, Kelly calls Tamra while she's in the van with Shannon. And right when Kelly calls, Tamra picks up and Kelly goes, What the fuck is wrong with you, Tamra? 
God bless Kelly Dodd. God bless Ke- I love Kelly Dodd. I do. I feel like she's the show. She's the show. And here's the thing. I think Shannon and Tamara, and maybe Vicky too, I think they all went into the season thinking that Kelly was going to be the one that the audience turned on. But I feel like what I'm seeing is that the, Kelly, uh, the audience is really rooting for Kelly. And I love that because I feel like no one in the cast expected that. And that's what's happening. And it's just really great. It's really great. So then Shannon, Shannon's screaming back at Kelly. Kelly's calling her a fucking idiot. And then Shannon's like, they did a cat scan. Ack. And Kelly's like, what did they find? A loose screw in your head? Which is just amazing. I mean, that's a line of dialogue. What did they find? A loose screw? Ugh. Perfection. And Shannon's crying. And look, on some level, we should feel bad for Shannon, of course, because she went to the doctor. But I don't feel bad because later in the episode, she lied about her concussion. She said they told her she got a concussion when we know she didn't. We saw the flashback footage. No one said you had a concussion. And then we saw that Shannon drank all night with Vicky. So Shannon was fine. If Shannon had not been fine, then I would say, you know what, Kelly crossed the line. She should have been nicer to Shannon as she's coming home from the hospital. But it was all bullshit. It was all a bunch of bullshit. Every last bit of that whole trip to the doctor's office was a bunch of bullshit. And you know, not everyone has great medical care. And I feel bad for the people on this, uh, on this earth who don't. Because here's Shannon Bedore taking up the wait times in the doctor's office for uh, Kelly Dodd hitting the mallet, um, whatever the mallet on her head, at Miraval. Other people are at the doctor's for things that need to be taken care of, Shannon. People are waiting. I don't know if anyone's been to the doctor recently, but the waits are outrageous. People don't have access, and it's a hassle. So when someone like Shannon Bedore is wasting uh, the doctor's time uh, with something like this, it's a little bit infuriating. I'm sure there were people in that waiting room who had to wait for the camera crew to go in and out and, and Shannon to get a go-ahead to go back to Miraval. And that's upsetting to me. That's upsetting to me. And you know what? On some level, I think Kelly, her delivery and her language is definitely very brass. But I think some of these people need it. They need to hear that brass language from a peer. Because if Kelly Dodd's not telling Shannon, like, you're full of shit and this whole thing is a bunch of bullshit, then who's going to tell him? No one else is saying anything, so Kelly's got to say it. Anyway, then we cut to Emily crying to Bronwyn and Kelly. So Emily had just had this very serious conversation with Gina, her bestie, and their relationship is fractured. They're best friends, their relationship is fractured, and Emily's trying to explain to Kelly and Bronwyn that this is a hard thing. And what they decide in the moment is to take a bunch of food to go. So they grab their containers of food, they hop on the golf cart, and Emily is seemingly very upset, and Kelly, uh, Kelly's yelling at her in the golf cart, like, why can't you fucking drive? <laughs> but they take their food, and they go back to their resort, to their house, whatever they call it, their little vacation casita. And Emily's spilling her guts about her fractured relationship with her best friend. And meanwhile, there's like a beeping sound in the house. And Kelly, the whole time, is just looking for the beeping sound. So Emily is spilling her guts, really getting vulnerable. One of the first times, we don't see Emily get vulnerable very often, but she gets very vulnerable. And she's trying to tell the girls, look, this is what happened. My friendship is broken. And Kelly's just, where's that noise? She's just looking for the fucking beeping sound, which turns out it was in the fridge. 
It reminded me of that Friends episode, you know, when Phoebe's fire alarm just keeps going off, keeps beeping. She just keeps hitting it and taking the batteries out, and it just keeps going. That's what that reminded me of. And it was just such a beautiful, perfect comedic moment. Comedic moment. Comedic moment. It was just so, so good. And and I loved it. Meanwhile, Shannon and Tamara get back to Gina. Shannon, again, lies about having the concussion. And then Gina says, well, Kelly said I wasn't an accomplished woman. And then Shannon says, of course you're accomplished, which I thought, Shannon, you're lying. I don't... I'm happy that Shannon and Gina are getting along. It just seems like a very quick shift, doesn't it? Maybe that's what feels so disingenuous to me. It's that we saw how much Shannon was opposed to Gina for so long, and it seemed to have flipped so quickly. And that's the thing that makes me feel uneasy or not trust it. Do you guys feel that way too? It doesn't seem like it was quick. It seems like all of a sudden Shannon and Gina are besties. And last season, she hated her. Something about it. Oh, but there was a, one really wonderful Shannon moment that just made me so happy. I was in tears, crying of laughter. And it's when Shannon put on the robe over her outfit, and she had like a sweatshirt or something on. Like she had something on underneath the robe, and so it made her look like she had a giant hunchback. Which, as someone who slouches because I'm very tall, I could not stop laughing at this. I mean, it looked like so funny. It looked like she had just this huge hunchback. Like, Shanna was the fucking hunchback of Notre Dame. Ah, <laughs> uh, in that robe, you guys. I need to get a still frame of Shanna in that robe. It was so, so good. That hunchback. I have terrible posture. I really do, and I need to fix it. I bought all those things. Like, the there was this basically, like, harness that I bought from Amazon that I'm supposed to be wearing. <laughs> it's a harness that goes under my clothes. Um, but I never wear it and it just sits in a drawer, but I, I definitely bought it for my posture and it's supposed to help you stand up straight because I'm tall. Tall people know. You guys know what it's like. Tall people, we all slouch all the time. I'm six three. And, uh, that reminds me, I just watched this movie on Netflix called Tall Girl. Have you guys seen this? It's a new movie on Netflix and it's about a tall girl. <laughs> and look, I'm laughing because she's 6'1", and they act like she's literally a freak of nature. And I was like, I was taller than that in high school. Like, they're acting. And I know it's different for men and women, but I swear it's just so inappropriate what Netflix did because it's like she's 6'1". Like, it's not... Yes, it's tall. It's above average. But a high school school girl at 6'1", who's watching it is going to be like, this is mean. <laughs> like, There's probably girls that are watching it who are like 6'1", and they never felt like a freak. And then they watch this movie, and they felt like a freak after watching it. <laughs> they, they act like this girl who's 6'1", is like a freak of nature, who is just like some sort of monster troll, or uh, I don't know, some sort of Loch Ness monster. <laughs> it's so mean. I don't know. I don't know. It was a terrible movie, too. Terrible movie. Do not watch it. Anyway. Then uh, we see Shannon, Kelly, and Gina talking about Kelly. Or Shannon, Tamara, and Gina talking about Kelly. Vicky calls. She's on the way. And Vicky's encouraging Shannon to press charges against Kelly, which is, again, ridiculous. It was on video. We saw the whole thing. It was nothing. It was almost nothing. It was something to be a little upset about. I would have been upset if I was Shannon. I'd say, you know what, Kelly? Not cool. And then that would have been the end of it. And then meanwhile, Shannon and Tamara, they were saying how upset they were at Kelly because she said she wanted to get in Walmart and Costco. And it's like, come on. Yeah, you're just picking at her. You're just looking for things to be mad about. 
Of course she wants to be in Costco and Target for that positive beverage. Who doesn't? She's not on QVC who's selling her cream salmon, or whatever the fuck that was that Shannon was doing last season. She needs to get in the retailers. She doesn't have a QVC deal like Shannon, where she can hop on QVC and grab her uh, belly and then encourage viewers to buy her salmon with the cream cheese. Mm-mm. She needs to get in those retailers. Anyway, Vicky comes, she brings fast food, she brings in and out Ah, uh, it made me want in and out I can't see fast food on TV without wanting to eat it. It's like really rude, I think, when our reality shows, they have fast food because I just think I want it immediately. And it almost is like, we. Uh, I almost ordered it from Postmates last night, and I'm trying to eat healthy, but Vicky was really making it hard for me. Really making it hard. But she does arrive, she arrives, and they say... They say that Tres Abuelas, you know how they keep doing that? Shannon's like, Tres Abuelas! Well, they said, Tres Abuelas and a baby! <laughs> That's what they call Gina, and it's like, Gina got mad earlier when Bronwyn said that she was like the little sister, but these other ones can call her a baby, and Gina was like, cheers into him. It was like, Gina was happy as a clam when the <laughs> when Shannon called her a baby, but Bronwyn called her a little sister, and she like stormed out of the room. And that's... That's it. But I'm tired of hearing this Trace Abuelas. It's a lot. It's a lot. I know they're branding it and they're trying to do, I think Kelly had said they were trying to do a live show or something like that. But I'm tired of hearing Trace Abuelas. Enough. Taylor Armstrong, enough. Anyway, next morning, Shannon, it's revealed that Shannon and Vicky stayed up all night. So again, Shannon is saying she had a concussion, but then she was up all night drinking. We even saw some cell phone footage. She was up all night drinking. She was fine. She was fine. Nothing was wrong. So then Kelly calls them, and Tamara and Shannon say, come on over to our casita. And Kelly says, oh, look, I'm not going to come there if Vicky's there. I don't want to be around Vicky. So then they say that Vicky has to stay in the other room while Kelly's there. Vicky, the OG of the OC, she has to stay in another room while they're filming. They will not let Vicky out of the room, and Vicky just has to take it. She started this whole franchise. She did. She started the franchise, and she has to stay in another room while the rest of the gals film. And I don't know, there was something so funny to me about that. And I mentioned this on the show, but I just recapped on Patreon the very first episode of The Real Houses of Orange County. And it was so, so fun to dive back in. Uh, and the taglines, you guys, the taglines. I think I mentioned this, but the taglines are just so good. Vicky, her season one tagline is, I don't want to get old. And she's like, crying. <laughs> And Lori, of course, is, are the police involved? I mean, the taglines in season one, we need to get back to that method. We just need to get back to the method of taglining, where it's just a quote from the season. You know, we need to get back to, at least, let's try it out one more season. Let's try to do it for just one of these seasons. But anyway, Vicky, this is the house that she built, and they won't even let her in the room when they're filming. Ugh, how far Vicky has fallen how far she has fallen. So then Shannon's trying to explain to Kelly what was wrong, and Shannon says, we walked into another ritual that I was very excited for, and you thought it'd be okay to take a mallet and hit me. (laughs) A stupid sentence. I want to read it again. Shannon says, we walked into another ritual that I was very excited for, and you thought it'd be okay to take a mallet and hit me. This is so silly, you guys. This is Housewives at its finest. It's truly Housewives at its finest. This is a farce. This is a comedy that you can't find anywhere else on TV. I truly think this was a phenomenal episode of comedy. Again, very shrill. It's not perfect TV. It's not perfect Housewives. But I thought this episode was really, really funny. 
And then Gina chimed in and Kelly's like, shut up. (laughs) Kelly's not having Gina. Kelly's not having Gina. She's not having it. And then Shannon tells Kelly, she says, I don't want you laughing when the doctor says I have a mild concussion. And Kelly's like, you were up all night drinking. And this is when they had a shriek off because Shannon's like, I don't want you laughing at me. And Kelly's like, you were drinking all night. (laughs) Like just all this noises. That was when I kind of tuned down. I thought this is too much for my ears. It was, but I appreciated the comedy of it. I did. And they're arguing then about Vicky and Vicky's in the other room just listening. I wonder how much she heard. Did she hear it all? And I don't know if you caught this, but there was one cameraman that was like sort of in Vicky's doorway. And I just thought, how did that conversation happen? Did the majority of the crew say, look, we need you, Jimmy, over by Vicky's door? But Vicky can't come out of the room. We just need you showing. We need you from a distance to show Vicky on the bed, unable to enter the main room of filming. <laughs> and I wonder if Vicky's like, um, I'm going to go in the main room. Like, Vicky wanted to be in that main room. She did. She had to have wanted to be in that main room. There's no way that you can tell me that Vicky didn't want to be in that scene. She did. She did. Anyway, Kelly says that Shannon felt manipulative schemer. She says she's a manipulative schemer. And then there's a flashback to Shannon trying to get Kelly drunk from a few seasons ago. Do you remember that? I had completely forgotten about it. I had completely forgotten about it. I do remember that fight that they had where it was like, it was you! You remember that other shrink, shrieking fight? Who? It was Who? you! Who? It was you! Who? It was you! Oh, I forget so much of our history. You know, we need to be reminded of our history. Anyway, then Kelly says that Shannon just wants to self-loathe all day. And I think she was right. I think Shannon did want to spend the day, everyone feeling sorry for her, after the mallet. And I think everyone just sort of saw through the mallet thing. They were like, you know what? You're fine. You were out drinking all night. You're fine. But I do think Shannon wanted to milk it for all it's worth. And let me just say that that's not a knock on Shannon either, because that's a good housewife move. That's what we need from these women. So... While I am critical in real life of somebody doing that, and I wouldn't want to be friends with somebody doing that, I do appreciate that Shannon's giving it to us for the TV show. I think, you know what? Shannon is doing what a housewife should do. And Shannon, by and large, and Tamara, I don't care for them. I don't like them. But I do think they offer us something on the show. And Tamara's shtick is getting a little old for me. And so I feel like Tamara is a good housewife, and she knows how to play this game but I'm just a little bit sick of watching it. We've been seeing it for too long. And there's other people that know how to play the game too. Let's get another woman in there who can play the same game Tamara's playing, but who we're not tired of seeing play it. You know what I'm saying? And that's the that on that. Anyway, then we cut to Gina and Emily. Emily says that she didn't sleep all night. She said, I could not sleep. I was thinking about a relationship. And then they start to argue again. And Emily says to um, Gina, she says, if you're worried about your image, why are you drinking a bottle of tequila in the back of the bus with Shannon? She says that to Gina. And she's absolutely right because Gina said she couldn't go to Vegas because of uh, her image. It was also because she lost her driver's license and all of that stuff. I think that was also part of the problem. But Emily was 100% right. It's like, if you're worried about your image and the kids and this court case and everything, I do think it's not great for you to be on TV drinking tequila. I know they were having a bonding moment in the back of the bus. but. I still have questions about how she's able to drink if she doesn't have any form of ID, right? Remember she said she didn't have her driver's license, and didn't she say she couldn't find her passport or something? So no one's IDing Gina is what we're saying. Like, there's every restaurant she's going into, they're serving her drinks, 
And she told us she has no form of ID, so all of these places are complicit in IDing this woman. And (laughs) I hate to be the one to call that out, but somebody needed to say it. But now we said it. Now we said it. Anyway, uh, then Emily and Gina, they just argue and they split off. And look, I don't know if these two are going to make it. I don't think Emily and Gina are going to make it as friends. Too much has gone on. So Kelly goes into the room to talk to Gina, and they sort of make up. But Gina's shaking. Gina's shaking, and Kelly says to her, look, you need a Xanax or something. And Gina says, my kids want me home. And we see the flashback of the kids saying they want her home. And I thought, Gina, you need to go home. You need to go home. Somebody needs to be directing Gina. I know in Housewife world, you should be on this vacation. But in real life, all this stuff is going on. I don't think it's good for you to be on this vacation, especially when your kids need you. She said, she said, the kids only want me right now. And look, also, it's a little bit of self-care. Gina needs to be away from the kids just for her own self-care so she can go back to them and be a good mother. So I do understand that. But I just, I want Gina to make the best decisions because I do really want Gina to just come out of this. I'm ready for her to rise like a phoenix next season and just own it. I'm ready for her to rise like a phoenix. Anyway, then Emily cries to Bronwyn. (laughs) And this was funny because Emily's crying about how her friend didn't come to Vegas to see her sexy dance for her (laughs) in-laws. That's what happened. Because remember, she didn't dance for Shane. Shane never went to Vegas until after the dance was over. So really, Emily went to Vegas to dance for her in-laws. And she says, she said, I danced for my father-in-law for myself. That's what she <laughs> So insane, you guys. The in-laws, I don't know why the in-laws went to Vegas. That was a little weird to me. I don't think we talked about that. But wasn't it bizarre that the in-laws went because Shane didn't go? I know they wanted to be supportive, but it just seemed like a weird thing to be supportive at. Maybe just, they should have been the ones to show up in Vegas the next day. You know, they should have said, you know what, we're here the next day. But it seems so weird to me that they like made it to Vegas. The husband didn't make it to see her sexy dance on stage, but the in-laws did. So weird. And even that footage of the dad, the father-in-law in the audience, just watching his daughter-in-law, like that was, let's talk about it. That was weird. That was fucked up. It was fucked up. What was he doing? Why was he there? And quite frankly, if the in-laws came, just the mother-in-law should have went to that dance. The mother-in-law, I get it. She should have been with the ladies watching Emily sexy dance. But the father-in-law, maybe he should have sat that one out and played some blackjack in the casino. We didn't need him in the studio watching. We did not need him seeing the Robin Anton-inspired dance that Emily was doing on a stage with the other sexy ladies. It was a great dance, but the father-in-law didn't need to be there. That was weird. That was fucked up. (laughs) Somebody had to say it. Anyway, Emily did say she danced for her father-in-law for herself. So it was for her. It wasn't for anyone else. Emily danced for herself, and I was proud of her. I was. Anyway, this whole trip, everyone's just fighting. They're crying. They're fighting. Emily says she needs a snack and a nap. And I thought, you know what? That sounds perfect. Who doesn't want a snack and a nap? Nothing better than that. Then the women all go to Ariel Yoga. Ariel, that's a hard thing to say. Ariel Yoga. And I didn't really care about the Ariel Yoga part, but I did like afterwards where they were all sitting around. And Tamara says to Emily, why didn't you invite us to Vegas? And I thought, why the fuck would she invite you to Vegas? And this was a moment where I thought Emily needed to speak up a little bit louder. She said, I wanted people there that would support me. But I wanted Emily to be like, fuck off. Why would I invite you? You're a fucking asshole to me. That's what I wanted her to say. Because that's how they are to her. They're not nice to Emily. So why would she invite him? She'd invite her father-in-law there instead. But 
Then it's revealed that Tamara called Emily Shrek, and that was gross. I did not like that at all. I was really pissed off, and I thought it was just a step too far. And I, Tamara, did you see her laugh at it? Did you see her just laugh? She said she's something about Shrek. She called her Shrek. That was such an awful thing to say. I don't like when they go after looks like that. And that, ugh, It's just gross. Just gross. And we saw the footage. So There's no hiding it. And I wish Emily would have really let her have it for it, because I don't think it was appropriate. Rude. Fucking rude. Anyway, um, they all try to make up and move forward. And then Vicky says, none of us want to be hurt. Real dramatically, do you see Vicky in the corner? Her like head was against the window pane or something. She's like, none of us want to be hurt. <laughs> Every once in a while, Vicky has these moods where she just is very subdued and quiet. And then she'll... She goes to 10 immediately and like five minutes later. But there's these moments where Vicky has this impression of herself, I think. Even she convinces herself that she's this way, where it's just a very zen, like, nobody wants to be hurt. Five minutes later, she'll be screaming. There's these little moments where Vicky just gets very zen. Very zen. Anyway, let's take a quick break here, and then we'll come back and we'll finish this up. All right, I'm sure a lot of you out there can relate, because every time there's a commercial break and I'm watching one of my shows, I'm always hopping on the Redfin app or website, because I just want to check out real estate listings. Like, I love checking out real estate listings, even for the houses that I cannot afford. It's my favorite app to use Redfin. Uh, I just got a home, of course, but it was a pretty stressful process, and if I would have known how easy Redfin was, I think it would have helped out a lot. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes and sends you personalized recommendations, so finding the home that's perfect for you has never been easier. See something you like? Well, book a tour straight from the app. And when you're ready to buy, an experienced local Redfin agent can guide you through the whole process, making it so easy. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents know how to get you the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents with a listing fee as low as 1%. Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put towards your next home. Now, that's a great thing. I love using Redfin. I love checking out. If you're buying or selling a home and you need some help with that, check out Redfin. Download the Redfin app to get started. Anyway, uh, Vicky versus Kelly starts back up again. Vicky keeps saying, I know more than I have said regarding Kelly. She keeps saying that. She throws that out there so many times. We've seen it in so much footage. Vicky saying, I know so much more than I've said about Kelly. And that's annoying. If I was Kelly, I'd be pissed. I'd be like, either say it or stop saying that. And as a viewer, I feel the same way. It's like, Vicky, you're either going to have to tell us what you know, or you're going to have to stop saying it, because it's quite frankly a cock tease, and I don't appreciate it. And I like Vicky. I just want her to either say what's on her mind or get over it. Anyway, that's the episode. Next week, we have Naked Tamara, which we've seen over and over again, and at least five too many times I've seen Tamara get naked. And I know it's like her shtick, but aren't we tired of it? Haven't we had enough? Haven't we been through enough? We don't need to see Tamara get naked again. And I'm all for nudity on television, right? I'm a full supporter of it. I think there should be equal opportunity nudity amongst men and women. But one thing we need less of is Tamara nude on TV. I've seen it enough. My eyes, 
My eyes are tired. My eyes are tired. Anyway, that's the episode. We see more of Kelly versus Vicky next week, too. Kelly yells at her, again goes too low, and calls her a pig bitch. I don't like that either. I think that's the kind of language that's just a step too far. It's a step too far. Anyway, that was the episode. I thought it was, again, fantastic. Not perfect, but really, really good. And I'm just really enjoying Orange County this season. The mid-season trailer, did you guys see that? There's a mid-season trailer out for the rest of the season. It looks like things are great. I think the season's wonderful, and it looks like we have a lot more to look forward to. I am a little surprised that the mid-season trailer's already out. It seems really early, because I thought we were only on episode 7-8-ish. But apparently it's here. Apparently we're halfway-ish, which is fine. I've always been an advocate for shorter seasons, if that means we get better episodes. I'd much rather have like a short, condensed season of good than something long and drawn out. Like that Beverly Hills season was just, it felt like, 85 years. It was just that season that never ended. The never-ending story was the last season of The Real House of Beverly Hills. And I would have much rather had that season be 17 episodes, 15 episodes, 13 episodes, whatever you got to do to make it nice and tight. And so I'm happy. If, if Orange County is going to give us good episodes for the rest of the season, so be it. But that's the episode. You guys, I want to say I will be having an interview with Leanne Locken coming up very soon. I don't know if it'll be out tomorrow after the Dallas episode airs or Monday. Still TBD, but just subscribe to Everything Iconic on iTunes or Spotify or wherever, and you'll get a notification when the new episodes are out. And I thank you all for listening. I do want to also say that the Real House of Potomac reunion has been flawless. I don't know if you guys have been watching, but it's been fantastic. We, of course, recapped it at the second live show. Uh, and I just love Potomac. I just want to keep telling you guys you need to watch Potomac. also want to say Married to Medicine is great this season. So, so good. It's delivering. If you've never watched Married to Medicine, I encourage you all to watch it. I said on Twitter that Ira, if anyone follows at Ira, he's fantastic, hilarious, brilliant. He hosts the podcast Keep It. He's diving into Married to Medicine for the very first time. So him and I were like texting about it and stuff, but he's tweeting his thoughts as he watches. So I think now's the perfect time if you've never watched Married to Medicine. Go watch it from season one. I think that's one of the few shows where it really pops off from the beginning. I think season one is great. And it's not one of those where you need to join in in season two or anything like that. Anyway, that's that's that. Uh, speaking of other reality shows, I also want to encourage you all to watch The Challenge. I know we're all uh, limited with time. We can't watch everything, right? But I'm really loving the season of The Challenge. And last week... There was a moment between Laurel and Ninja on the show. Those of you that watch know what I'm talking about. That was one of the all-time greatest reality TV moments. It was so phenomenal. So I'm working on getting one or two challenge guests on the show because I really love the challenge. And I know a lot of people reach out to me. I think that's like what I hear from most from people uh, outside of Bravo stuff is like people asking to cover the challenge. So I'm not going to cover it fully, but I just want to say that I'm working on getting one or two of the challenge contestants on the show. So, that said, I want to, let's do a little breathing exercise to calm us all down. Pretend we're in Miraval. Let's all take a deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. Let's take another deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. I didn't tell you this earlier, but please find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter and Instagram. Facebook, facebook.com slash Pellegrino Danny. If you want to support the show, go to patreon.com slash everything iconic. You can get those bonus episodes over there if you donate $4 or more per month. 
That Orange County recap is up there now. That's this one's bonus. Thank you all who are over there. Let's take one more deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. I love you all so much for listening. Have a great day. Be kind to one another. Have a great day. love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily, I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now, Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y, dot com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm-hmm.